Good to be a Christian tonight and serve God. Glad to be in the house of the Lord. Nice to have Brother Tim back and Brother Murphy. Welcome back. Amen. And from their uh, successful campaign, I'm just going to let you have your seats for a moment. I wanted to give a quick testimony um, to the Lord. Uh, 30 years ago uh, this week, in September 1988, um, my father and mother moved our family to Cloverdale. So we're celebrating 30 years with you. And I wanted to uh, thank you um, from the bottom of our hearts. My father felt to move uh, our family here. It was my mother, my two sisters, and myself. We were 16 years old. And uh, Brother Kim Dingwall, which is here tonight, I'm, I'm so grateful. Uh, he drove a bus from Edmonton uh, down to uh, Indiana and Michigan camp and picked up us. And we drove from Indiana to Edmonton and then took a Greyhound bus from Edmonton to Cloverdale. And then we uh, moved into Linden, Washington. And I wanted to express my gratitude tonight to the congregation uh, and my thankfulness and my appreciation to the Lord Jesus and also to the ministry uh, for uh, what they've added to our family. And we trust we've been able to give back a little bit. And so God bless you tonight. We're celebrating 30 years this week, and we give glory to God for that. Amen. I also uh, wanted to mention a little testimony from the Renton Church. Uh, a few months ago, we, uh, there was a prayer meeting, and just a few people attended, and there was prayer given for Sister Mercedes Ruth Esquivel uh, by her sister and one of her brothers that were there. And that next Sunday, she was in church in Renton. And then over the month, she's come occasionally. And we were there, not last Sunday, the Sunday before. And she came again with her husband and her little child. And then there was a fellowship afterwards. And they stayed through the whole fellowship and uh, was with the believers. I spoke to her husband. And I just believe the Lord's working. God answers prayer. And uh, the token works. So tonight on a Wednesday night, we're here to give glory to God. And if you're discouraged or if you're beaten down, Satan's got you into a corner, we're here to encourage you, strengthen you as, as a body of Christ, and that all is well. God bless you. We'll stand to our feet. Thank you, musicians. I thought you might want to hear that testimony. And uh, we'll turn to Joshua chapter 6 uh, together. Joshua chapter 6. And uh, I think I'll, I'll go back, brothers, and read um, this quote of, And knoweth it not, as you find the scripture. This is Brother Branham in 1965 said, And what are we coming here for? What are we doing? Are we coming here playing a game? Are we coming here meeting as a lodge? It's Christ. It's Christ can't come until that church is perfectly right. He is waiting on us. I believe we're at the end. So oftentimes we say we're waiting on the Lord. Brother Branham said he's waiting on us. Then just a few um, months later, and this day the scriptures fulfilled, I'm sorry, uh, earlier in the year, Brother Branham said, you must believe it now. If those priests could raise up that condemned him, would not condemn him. 
But you say, if I'd have been there, I would have done so and so. He said, well, that wasn't your age. This is your age. This is the time. You say, well, if he was here, the Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same. So he is here. But he's here. As the world has civilized and become greater and educated more, he's here in the spirit form which they cannot kill or put to death. He died once, he cannot die again. He had to be made flesh in order for God to be put to death in the flesh for sin, but this time he could never die. It's the Holy Spirit. We're, this is our age, this is our time. And he's here to confirm his word. Amen. So let's turn to Joshua chapter 6. We'll start reading at verse 15. As they came to uh, Jericho here. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early about the dawning of the day. And compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time when the priests blew with the trumpets that Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord hath given you the city, and the city shall be accursed, even it and all that are therein to the, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers that we sent." I want you to notice that. Because she hid the messengers that we sent. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursed thing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursed thing and make the camp of Israel curse and trouble it. But all of the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated unto the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord." So the people shouted when the priests blew with the trumpets. And it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and ass, with the edge of the sword. I want you to notice these next couple verses. Verse 22, And Joshua said unto the two men that had spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. I want you to notice now, Moses was a vindicated prophet. Joshua was the one to follow. But now the words was in the mouth of young men. And we see God vindicating their, their testimony. Verse 23, and the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brethren and all that she had. And they brought out all her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And they burnt the city with fire and all that was therein, only the silver and the gold and the vessels of brass and of iron, they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. Verse 25 is our last verse. And Joshua saved Rahab the harlot alive and her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day. 
because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. She was a predestinated seed, and you're a type of Rahab. God bless you. You can have your seats tonight. If you'd just like to hold your Bible open to Joshua chapter 6, and I, to save some time, I just have one more scripture that I put on the screen, and that's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. In the New Testament, the Bible says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Tonight we want to uh, look at this uh, subject that the Lord laid on our hearts while we were in Africa. And uh, two years ago, in, um, the first Wednesday actually, of 2016, so it's been two years and nine months, we spoke on untapped resources. And while we were in Africa, actually it was on the Monday night, we were just preparing to speak and we spoke uh, that message on untapped resources that the Lord laid on our hearts and I actually wrote it on a piece of paper coming back home to Cloverdale to speak on untapped resources have been tapped into. And so we're looking back to two years and nine months ago when we spoke on untapped resources. I believe oh, as the months and the years have gone by that there's, we've tapped into some of these resources. And so tonight when we uh, look at these things uh, uh, again, what is untapped resources? And then we want to look at what God has allowed you and I to tap into. But lastly... Uh, what the Holy Spirit would open our eyes to spiritual resources that he has deposited in the body now, and he wants to open our eyes that they've actually been tapped into, and it's time for us now to live this as individuals, uh, as an assembly, and even as the bride of Christ. So we want to entitle tonight, Untapped Resources Have Been Tapped Into, or We Have Tapped Into Untapped Resources. And uh, in Romans chapter 8, we're not going to turn to it, but when we spoke on that Wednesday night uh, in 2016, it was out of Romans, when it says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. And I just uh, wanted to bring again before you this uh, little, maybe childish uh, uh, picture that we showed you two years ago. And that was speaking about untapped resources and how uh, we would be like on the top there and a person would have tapped into certain things within their life. But there's much more resources and there's much more to God's presence and his will for your life that needs to be tapped into. So we we're speaking about untapped and what Brother Branham spoke about that and that has to do with things that are unused, things that are untouched. They're available, but they've not been used yet. They're intact. They might be captive inside of a person. They might be captive inside of a church. Those are untapped resources. And we can rejoice and be thankful that we've tapped into certain resources as a Christian. But Brother Branham talked about there are untapped resources or resources are income or capital, or possessions. And I don't want you to be thinking of just natural, but there are spiritual possessions, or properties, or funds, assets, and means, and wealth. 
not just natural, but spiritual, that we need to tap into as believers. And we can just tap into things that might be near the surface and glorify God, but right down just a little bit deeper or right around the corner, or maybe it's the person right next to you, or it might be someone in your own family or right in our church. Just right near there is a greater resource that we can tap into. And now I'm taking it uh, several years later as this was the inspiration on our hearts. That now as time has gone on, you have tapped into some of the res- these resources. Some of these things that God has put around us, even as an assembly and in our families. Tapped resources are things that have been tapped into already. But untapped resources are things that have not been tapped into yet. But I want to say tonight to the glory of God that some of you have tapped into resources of God. There are people that actually have even come to the Lord in the last year or two years that have literally flowered out in the presence of God. They weren't here a year ago. They weren't here two years ago. There's some of our sons, some of our daughters that have literally flowered out in the presence of God. And this ought to be a real thanksgiving to God that they were resources. They were laying right in our church. And now God has begun to tap into their lives, tapped into their gifts tapped into families that might have been on the sidelines or maybe borderline. But as you've given yourself to God, God has used you in the kingdom of God to God be praised tonight. So as we speak about this in the Queen of Sheba in California, Brother Branham said, let's don't look back. Look forward and keep moving on and on. We have untapped resources Jesus said in Mark, St. Mark eleven twenty three, whatsoever, why if you say to this mountain, if you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you have said will come to pass, you can have what you said. Now, many people might have put that to the preacher or to Brother Branham or to your parent or to the counselor, but some of you have tapped into these things lately. I know it's Wednesday night, but we can respond to God's word. Amen. Some of you are further down the road tonight. You've tapped into the things of God greater than months ago, years ago. And we need to thank God for that. You've tapped into resources. You've tapped into faith. You've tapped into joy. As he said, there's no conditions. It's just unlimited. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. Whatever, divine healing, joy, peace, anything. And you say, Brother Branham, what if we'd ask for something for somebody's life to be taken or some evil thing? He said, well, you couldn't really have Christian faith for a thing like that. It takes a Christian spirit to ask Christian things. To receive things from God. I believe that's why we have Wednesday night services. It's so that the the nature of God and the Christian spirit can flow through us. That we can tap into things that have never been explored in your life. Some of you are a lot further down the road than you were months ago and years ago. And you need to step back and say, that was God that did that. 
We've explored and we've experienced things that are supernatural because of God's grace. Now, in this photo here on the top, some would look out over an ocean of water and just see a lot of water. Just see a lot of water and nothingness. But another person looks over the same ocean and sees a lot of gas, sees a lot of petroleum. They see crude oil and they'll dig huge caverns down into the ground and pipes and and, uh, make platforms and have helicopters. And I know brothers that have worked out on these platforms because someone saw resources first in their mind and then they went about the work to do whatever it takes to get those resources. That's what Brother Branham's talking about, untapped resources, that many would look out over the ocean and see nothing but water, and someone else looks over the same ocean and sees resources. I show it on the screen there for you, gold and silver, platinum and nickel and many other precious metals, even diamonds and sapphires and rubies that lay beneath the surface of the ground. They might spiritually be laying beneath the ground of your flesh, but it takes the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to mind out that character, to mind out that gold and those diamonds and sapphires. But it takes men and women with work and effort, and our works is expressive of our faith. I was thinking of you, Brother George, and your family that moved recently all the way from Africa. And even last Sunday, we had Brother Jonathan and his family that moved from from Australia. And most of you have moved your families from different walks of life and places to be at this church. Our family did 30 years ago, came to Cloverdale. I can say God has tapped into great resources that was laying in your families, laying in your mothers. We, We have them from Israel, just come recently. And we're granted a a privilege of working with children and young people at our camps and and, and our school and at Sunday school. And over the years, what is this? This is men and women that are actually laboring to bring those resources to the surface. I thank God for that. As I show you this next photo, I want you to see the bottom photo. Many would look out over a desert and see nothing but sand. Nothing but heat and just nothing but sweat. And they would look out over there and just get hot looking at it. Another person would look out over the same desert and see millions of gallons of water that could maybe supply a city of Phoenix or Indio or Palm Springs. And they would look out there and they would dig wells because they have something in their minds that there's resources, there's hidden resources down there. And Brother Branham was typing that to the church and how we can see things so carnal and look on the outside, but God is a great spiritual miner that knows there's resources down inside of the believer. Even the same desert, you can look out and see that desert and say, oh, walk across that desert. But another person looks out over the same desert and they see something that could harness the sun's rays and they put out these great panels and maybe you've seen this in in, uh, maybe Arizona or in Europe 
or different Holland and different places, how they have these great windmills and things. Man has learned to harness and capture resources. And they can capture the rays of the sun and bring a resource to be able to light up a whole city. Millions of people can be benefited because people capture hidden resources. And I want you to be thinking spiritually how mankind, it looks like a lot of desert and looks like a lot of nothingness. And God, by his word, looks out over your life and sees gallons of water or they see electricity or they see power. And that's the vision that the bride is under tonight by hearing, thus saith the Lord. In fact, I say, God, bring out of our lives, mine out of the depths of our souls, even coal that is hidden down deep down in the ground. And it takes gold, uh, uh, coal mining and a lot of work and effort to, to bring this where it can bring forth energy. So it is the work of God has gone around this globe. Praise be to God through mission efforts and carried this mighty voice to this generation and it has mined out a whole group of believers called the bride of Christ hallelujah we were untapped resources held in the desert of of humanity and in the cave of the devil's uh, prison house and God looked out over our lives and said I see nothing but good I see nothing but restoration and I'm so grateful we ought to be grateful that God's mercy and grace has brought us to this kind of a place. We've been under the impact of gold miners and men that are are spiritual geniuses. Hallelujah. I want you to think about that just for a little bit. So untapped resources. This is a phrase our prophet used. And how there can be things that are unused. Rahab was untouched until she began to hear about the messenger and heard about Joshua and heard about the message. And the fame of this group of believers caught her ears. And so when these two young men came into her midst, she had already a predestinated seed. Though she was untouched, though she was unused, we would say, her, her benefit to the body was very, very little. In fact, she was a harlot. She was available, but she wasn't being used. But once the word came by her way, it brought out a predestinated seed. And I hope we get to it just a little bit later. But it went from Moses to Joshua to now where these two spies had thus saith the Lord, where God backed up their words. I want to get that in. I hope by the end of the service, we can go back and know that these two young men, they, did, they weren't in Egypt Because only Joshua and Caleb were those that were 20 years old and and upward that made it. So these young men, the Bible said, they had a burden and they had a commission under a Joshua ministry to go in there and spy out the land. And God honored these two men's words. I hope we have time to get to it because you're a type of that. God's honoring the bride of Christ and your words. You are the final voice to this generation. Under our messenger, we are the final voice to this generation. I want to say tonight, there's a lot of income and capital in your life. 
There's a lot of spiritual possessions. You're God's property. God has uh, invested a lot of wealth and assets inside of each one of you. We're not just passing time. Each one of you have a gift from God. We've come from all over the world, all, all kinds of languages and skin colors to be together as a body. But God has, uh, has tapped into, and tonight ought to be a real thanksgiving and maybe a pivotal service for some to recognize we need to look at one another and recognize the, the resources that has been tapped into. And I say, Lord, let it flow out more. Let it flow out more, Lord. We looked in Romans chapter 8, and we talked about that two years ago, about the earnest expectation of the creature waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. And how in the adoption series, Brother Branham talked about this manifestation that means to make it known. And where is these people? He said, we've had a mighty rushing wind. We've had thunders and lightnings. We've had oil and blood. We've had all kinds of things. But Brother Branham said, we failed to hear that little, still, small voice that attracted the prophet, that wrapped the robe around him and walked out and said, here am I, Lord. I want to say tonight, you are the tapped resources that have tapped into that still, small voice. Hallelujah. You don't run after thunders and lightnings and just rushing winds and oil and blood in the hands. We follow the word of God. We follow the still, small voice. What we spoke on two years ago, I'm actually turning around and saying, untapped resources have been tapped into now. There was ministers in our congregation that two and a half years ago are now ministering the gospel. Some of you are, are singers now. Some of you are counselors. Some of you are teachers. Some of you have had little children or you've been married. You've raised your, your families. God's given us deacons and trustees. I would say the whole creation that was groaning and waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, they were waiting for you to be known that heaven tonight is rejoicing. Not just for sinners that's coming to repentance, but for a bride that's coming to manifestation. Hallelujah. John chapter 16. Let's turn to that scripture together. I didn't give this to the brothers or the translators that we would turn to, but this was the scripture that Brother Branham had for birth pains. That his wife had given him the new Bible and the pages were stuck together. And because of where it was, and he was reading out of the next chapter. Remember, we're speaking about untapped resources. And, and Brother Branham was speaking on birth pains. Uh, John 16, verse 21. A woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she's delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. While you're going through it, you have anguish. There's groaning. There's misunderstanding. There, you're struggling to come to your position. 
But once that child is born, once there is life, the Bible says she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. I want to say tonight, some of you have brought a lot of joy to the ministry. Some of you have brought a lot of joy to the family of God. Some of you have walked greater as the months have gone on through a lot of adversity, through a lot of storm. Can you smile tonight? Even in services, we don't even know what one another's going through. Sometimes very tragic and deep things in our family, but you have weathered the storm. There was resources that were being tapped into deep down into your life. But you've gone through that storm. You've gone through that character molding time. You've gone years down the road now. And now you've manifested out into the joy of God is to see you walking in harmony in his presence. Even on a Wednesday night, I want to say glory to God. Satan thought he could get your heart and demoralize you by a friend or a loved one or someone that maybe had brought you to the message, that walked away from the message. But to see you standing tonight firm on thus saith the Lord, I would say there was untapped resources that has now been tapped into that even some of you didn't even know you had. We have single uh, sisters here tonight or people that are in marriages or even brothers where their uh, wives are not believers. We have sisters whose husbands are not in their ought to be place. But God has given these brothers and these sisters an extra measure of grace to be able to live above the storm and to be able to keep their focus on God and on the token. And though we might have wavered in our spirit, our souls are rock solid tonight. We looked out over that ocean and thought it's nothing but water. And God looked over that and said, I'm going to tap into some resources of love down there. Some resources of joy and harmony that can only come to this brother or sister because of this water. Because of this desert. We had to go through the travail. I say this after 30 years of our own family. It hasn't always been easy. But I spoke to my father on Sunday. We ate a little lunch together. And he said he doesn't regret one decision. Moving his family here. Staying back in Jeffersonville. Because he had a vision to work on the message books and be the editor and labor in the kingdom and to move his wife here and, 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 th- and three of his children. That took a man that had some courage. He looked above the separation. He looked above the financial hardship. I hope this isn't too personal, but my mother told me that they were $50,000 in debt after moving here. Hope it's not too personal. But 30 years later, to hear my father say he doesn't regret one moment. To hear a mother look across the table and say she has no regrets. 
to know they made the right decisions. And some of you have done the same things. You've given houses and lands. You've forsaken jobs and you've done the right thing for your families. What was it? It was God tapping into resources that you didn't even know was possible. And now years later, you see the the fruits of it all. I say, praise be to God. When you see others that walk away after the time of travail and sorrow and maybe even being delivered of certain things, but they go into anguish, they go into a disappointment. There is no joy for that. There is no joy for that anguish, but God has given you and I joy. Hallelujah. Though sorrow may be for a night, joy cometh in the morning. We spoke this in Malawi. We said it's time for the morning. This is the morning. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. One morning, the dead in Christ are going to rise. And that great morning, it's going to be worth it all. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. My heart's bubbling tonight that God, in the midst of all this untapped resources, Sister Eleanor, throughout all these years, and even after what happened Monday night and Tuesday morning, that she can be here tonight as a grandma, giving praise to God. I want to say the anchor holds. The anchor holds. Amidst all the hurricanes and tornadoes and wildfires that Satan thought he would take you down, God, rich in mercy, averted that thing and allowed you to come through this. Today I was in contact with Brother Jason Watkins several times. It's in South Carolina. And as many of you know, a hurricane is coming uh, to strike the, the eastern states. And we remember them tonight, don't, do we not? Our brothers and sisters that all up and down the east coast are canceling their Wednesday night service. But I thank God that Satan sent hurricanes into your life, sent storms into your life, sent misunderstanding into your life. We could speak about your life. We could speak about your family or even your marriage or even our church. Satan designed hurricanes and storms to take out these great platforms or solar panels because God saw the diamonds and the gold and the rubies and Satan wanted to destroy the future. But tonight, the anchor still holds. There's still resources that we are benefiting from years later, Brother Kim Dingwall, because a man had a burden to buy a bus and drive it down to Indiana and drive it to Michigan camp. And 30 years later, a 16-year-old is now a 46-year-old with the same burden and the same vision. That's the Holy Ghost. I was 16 years old then, and last Thursday night we were able to be at Mount Baker Bible Way Camp with some of the 16-year-olds and the ones from our church and from Bible Way Christian Academy and gave them that testimony that it takes men and women a vision. And we are here tonight because God had a vision for you and I, and we're fulfilling the vision. Brother Branham went on to say, and be not afraid. That's what the trouble with the Christians You know, science don't take what science says two or three hundred years ago. It was a French scientist that said about three hundred years ago, 
proved it by revolving a ball around the earth. And he said, if any persons could ever go the terrific speed of 30 miles an hour, scientifically proved that gravitation would take you off the earth. Some of you drove faster than that today. He said, what about Ricky and his hot rod? They're going around about several thousand miles an hour. He's talking about spaceships and rocket ships and all kinds of airplanes. And people's minds are going several thousand miles an hour. You think they look back and see what science says? Do you think people today look back to science? In a history book that says 30 miles an hour, you'll rotate off the earth and say, oh, that's nothing but the truth? No, No, science has moved on. And Brother Branham's talking about Christians or the church. They're still going on. They're moving on. But the church, he said, they'll say, let's see what Mr. Moody said about it. Let's see what Mr. Wesley said. And this is where Brother Branham said, them men lived in their age. That was all right for that age. But we got not only a scientific tree to climb. And you that went to school or college today ought to be able to say amen. I said, you that go to school and college or university today, know that it's not just climbing a scientific tree. He said, we've got untapped resources of a bountiful blessings of God, which is not limited. I would say it's unlimited. Education isn't going to get us in a rapture. Science isn't going to get us in a rapture. The new iPhone they announced today, or the new Apple I, uh, you know, I, iPhone or a new Pro computer isn't going to get us in a rapture. It's going to be the Word of God that we feed on week after week, day after day. It's tapping into resources. But as the world makes their announcements about what the tree of knowledge has developed, believers ought to be more keen on what is the Word of God developing. Hallelujah. I would say we're more interested in the tree of life than the scientific tree. Amen. We've got untapped resources of bountiful blessings. But tonight I want to turn this and say, after these years, some of you have tapped into those blessings. Some of you are blessed tonight. I'm just waiting a little bit, okay? Maybe we're feeding tonight. Some of you are so blessed, you don't even know how to handle it. Amen. When we look at our lives, we ought to be thank God for His mercy. We ought to be so appreciative. You're around people that love God. We're not passing joints and giving each other a little flask of wine or take a little dope or take a little smoke. I tell you, you got some real friends here tonight. We need to tap into that sometimes. I'll say some of you have tapped into that, and you're stronger because of that. Hallelujah. God's power is unlimited. Let's watch this prophet in restoration of the bride tree. He said, now on the hunting trip where I seen the bear and know the different things and all these different things that's foretold here and told why the people why they come to pass just word by word. That's God. That don't bother me. But when the people begin to use the gift of God, see, you become God's public servant for you just to tap in the line. See, 
and then you touch him by that, then he speaks back. How many tonight has been touched by a gift of God? They tap into a resource, into the mind of God. They deliver it to us, and we've been tapped into the very mind of God. Then he said, then he speaks back to us. I just think that's amazing, that by the foolishness of preaching, God sees through that channel of the fivefold ministry for some of you to tap into his mind. Tap into deliverance. Tap into healing. Tap into the answer. Sister Ashley, I was thinking of you today. Just over a year ago, where she was in the world, but she started tapping in to the messages online. Then she came to last year's summer camp outside the tent. I remember meeting her for the first time. We don't need to talk about the accident and what all went through with her family, but her life was being shook. But here she sits tonight, baptized and given her heart to Christ. That was an untapped resource that just over a year ago she was available, but she wasn't tapped into. But tonight she's been tapped into. We need to look around the room and say, Brother Tim has tapped into God. You've been blessed because of that. Brother Tom Ray is a gift that was tapped into the presence of God. Came back to us. We were able to tap into the word. You've drawn rich dividends from the heart of God. We've had counselors. We've had teachers. We've had brothers and sisters. We've had prayer warriors. I would say it's been tapped into. Some used to be selfish, and now you've sold out for God. We're family tonight. It's not just our little family. It's the family of God. We could see Sister Leonard back there tonight. She sits in our church, and the other teachers, Miss Weber and Mr. Dingwall, and we have so many that Labor, Sister Geneva, I don't want to start giving all the names, but Brother Phil Gerton, now in his 11th year of teaching at BCA. We sat at a little Ramada ABC down the road 11 years ago, and he was talking about going to Japan and wanted to travel the world and have an opportunity. We just begin to speak about some of your children. And what he could do to give his heart to the Lord. And it's not for money, but it's to be able to go a whole day. And be able to go home at night and know that you have invested into God's treasures. If you want to pray with someone, you can pray with them. If you want to speak about the Lord, you can speak about the Lord. That was a man that invested and gave his life. And now many of our children have tapped into that resource and have been blessed. Little did he know Sister Katie Gertson was in our own church, coming out of a broken home herself, trying to find her place and working in Bellingham and, and from a divorced family and trying to find her place that within that very year, he would have been in, in Japan somewhere. But because he made a decision 
to invest himself into the body of Christ. Sister uh, Katie and himself come together and they're gloriously married. God's tapped into that, the, the, the heritage of a, of a man and a woman. And many of us have been blessed by that. Those are resources. They're, they're deep wells of wealth. You are rich tonight because of God has poured into your life. We are forever grateful. Now think about this. Brother Branham speaking about this and he says yes. Now he's dropping into discernment. If you want to go back to restoration of the bride tree. He said yes. Now the woman is coming into the vision. Some of you have been coming into the vision. She's coming in and the vision's moving in. Looks like you could see that around her. The woman is sick and she's really sick. She's suffering. One thing with a stomach trouble, awful bad. Raise your hand if that's true. And you have complications and things. That is true. You also have someone with you. It's your husband and he's sick. If God will reveal to me that your husband, what's wrong with him, will you believe me to be his prophet? The man is bothered with his eyes, with his ears, and he's in a very bad condition. Yes, sir. Do you believe God knows who you are? I thank God that he didn't just stop on the surface, but he kept digging deeper, going deeper. Would you believe me to be his prophet, his seer? If I tell you who you are, you believe it, Miss, Miss Robinson, and you're from Huntsville. That's in Alabama. Return back and your husband to be well. You believing all things are possible. If you believe, if you've got faith in, take your position. And this last part of this quote could very easily be said tonight to all of us. Are you believing? All things are possible. If you believe, if you've got faith, take your position and believe that God does it. Now don't doubt it, but just believe with all your heart that God will grant his healing and you can have whatever you ask for. Do you believe that tonight? You say, that was just for that sister. No, it was for her husband. It was vindication that God was a pro- in his prophet, mining out healing, mining out deliverance. He knows all about our families tonight. He knows all about that, that, that decision about leadership or guidance in your life or what decision you ought to make. God cares for you tonight. He's not just looking out over the water and is getting lost in a mirage. God's not on vacation. He sees a well going down there. There's oil down there. There's crude oil down there. There's a witness down there. My son's down there. My daughter's down there. Friends, don't get lost in humanity tonight. Let the footsteps and the, and the foot stepping stones. I was listening to Life Story. I shared this with the, uh, the leadership team out at, uh, at the camp. Brother Branham in Life Story said, May my mistakes and my failures be stepping stones. And he actually said it two or three times in Life Story. You can go listen to it. And he was talking about his mistakes and his failures. That's real leadership. 
It's not that he's always building himself up to be strong, but he was willing to talk about his childhood and his temptations and the times when he failed and listened to a mother-in-law and the time when he listened to a mother-in-law and then his wife passed away and then his daughter passed away and he was willing to admit that there would have been thousands He might have said millions, could have been one to the kingdom if he would have been faithful and listened to the Holy Spirit. This was a man that prayed and said, may my mistakes and failures be stepping stones. That strong leadership is to be able to lead by example. It doesn't mean that you'll never make a mistake or that you won't fail, but leadership is having the ability to humble yourself and get up after that and keep walking on with God. I encourage you tonight, if if that's you, that God would give you strength. In, In California, Brother Branham said, I do believe that our churches should be just a little, little further advanced in the gospel than what we are. And I, he said, I think that we contribute. And if I'm wrong, I pray the Lord forgive me. I think we try to look back too much to see what somebody else has done or said. Instead of looking forward to Christ, he's our leader. I wonder if you can say that tonight for yourself. He's my leader. Christ is my leader. There would be a lot less tragedy in the message if people would be focused individually on serving the Lord. And it's not my mother or my father or this other person, but I stand alone with Christ. There would be a lot less wavering if people would keep their eyes focused on the Word of God. Do you believe that tonight? He said, we Christians, we clergymen and ministers, we try to look back in our school and see what Mr. Moody said, or Mr. Sankey, or Finney, or Knox, or Calvin, or any of those. They were great men in their day, but we're always looking back. He said, let's look forward. Then he said, we've got untapped resources. Untapped resources means there's things that are laying there beneath you that can be tapped into. Turn to Deuteronomy 3.28. Just quickly, I hadn't planned to go to this verse, and it's only about 8.40. So look, we have time to turn to this. God has tapped into untapped resources, and we want to thank him for that. We want to acknowledge that tonight. Then part of this service should be, Lord, help us to look around us now. And tap into resources that are right around us. It was the, I think it was the Wednesday before camp, Brother Joseph Okello, that he came forward and prayed for his family and prayed for his brothers and sister. Little did he know by the next Sunday, his brother Jed would be being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say, praise the Lord. That was untapped resources. That was a teenager that was in our church, raised in our church. 
But because of a brother having a vision and wasn't selfish and just going out and getting my duffel bag ready and my toothpaste ready and, you know, what's on the list for camp. But I want to pray for my brother. I want to pray for my sister. And I believe God's going to move in our family that within days we have his own brother giving his heart to Christ. Friends, it's not always China and Africa and India that we need to reach. It's right here in our own church that we, there are prayers and there are loved ones and there's faith and joy. There are resources, a wealth of it laying right around us that some of you have tapped into. And I want to encourage you tonight, keep tapping into that. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 28. This is a good uh, Bible lesson for us. From the Holy Spirit to Moses, Deuteronomy 3, 28. Charge Joshua, comma, and encourage him comma, and strengthen him. It's good for us to pause. He was, Moses was under a commission. Brother Branham was under a commission. Charge the people. Encourage them. Strengthen him. For he shall go, he shall go over before this people and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. Don't you think that would have gave Joshua a lot of courage for him to hear a message that I've already seen you over there and you are more than able to take it? I was listening this afternoon to uh, the message. Um, <laughs> this day the scriptures fulfilled. And Brother Branham said God had already showed Joshua by vision they've taken Jericho. So when these young men came back in Joshua and gave the word, the very next chapter, verse 1 is, and Joshua rose up the next morning. He already had a vision of them taking Jericho. And the bride has already heard the vision that we make it in the rapture. The bride is already under an anointing to go in the body change. And it was a mandate to, to Moses, the prophet, give Joshua a charge. Encourage him and strengthen him. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 14. Quickly, so we can preserve time. I hadn't planned to go into this untapped resources area. But just to show some leadership as Moses received this from the Lord. Deuteronomy 3 was in the beginning. Deuteronomy 31 is the end of Deuteronomy. Moses is passing off the scene. Deuteronomy 31, verse 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thy days approach that thou must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation that I may give him a charge. Is that what your Bible says? That I may give him a charge. And Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. Why? So that Joshua would know that it's not just Moses, but it's Almighty God that has given you this charge. And what was then in 
in private is now becoming public. Skip down to verse 23. Deuteronomy 31, 23. And he gave Joshua, the son of Nun, a charge and said, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. The bride of Christ has heard the same charge. I will be with you. I will never forsake you. To the Jews, it was as a group, but to the Gentiles, it's as individuals. So onward, Christian soldiers, you have received a charge from thus saith the Lord. It wasn't from the pastor. It wasn't from the preacher. It wasn't from your mom or your dad. It was the word of God that has given you encouragement tonight. I was thinking today of so many of our young ones that have now risen up. I want to encourage you tonight. We've, we've heard the word for years. It's time for us now to use the sword. You've been trained long enough. We've heard a lot of sermons. We've been to a lot of meetings. We've had a lot of good ministry. We've tapped into a lot of deep resources. But it's time individually, families and individuals, to tap deeper now and and know that your charge has come not from a man or a church. It's come from the presence of God. There's untapped resources of God hanging all around us tonight where all things are possible. And taking God at his word, Brother Branham said, it's a shame that men keep looking back and keep looking back. He said, we're always talking about how wicked the world is. That's true. How women smoking cigarettes and men drinking and wallowing in slop and beer and stuff. The way we're doing today and sin on every hand. Churches and ministers and all smoking, drinking, gambling. Running to parties and picture shows. Dances and hell. Dives. And everything else. We all talk about how wicked that is. You're always looking to that. That's the weed. But let me tell you something, brother. This is Brother Branham speaking. Let me tell you something, brother. You forget to know that the church is growing up at the same time. They're both coming together. I wonder tonight if we can take a a respectful step back and say the weeds have grown up. The world has grown up. The unbelievers are growing up. The skeptics have grown up. But so has the bride growing up. So is the church growing up. Your families have grown up. The ministry has matured. Tonight, don't get caught in the trap of always talking about how wicked the world is. How horrible the, the youth of the world are. How horrible the music of the world is. When God has given you music from his divine presence. You've tapped into a reservoir of an atmosphere that can help some of you through the horrible storms of your life. The word is great. The atmosphere is great. Amen, Brother John, preach it. We have a good church. We have good brothers and sisters. Don't be always picking this and the critical one. 
Don't be always scoffing. And I heard it yesterday where a person said you can have 10 things going on in your life and nine of them could be very, very good and one very, very bad. And you're always talking about the one negative, the one bad thing, the one bad person or the one bad situation. It's time that the bride focus and tap into those things and look at the nine things that are good. Hallelujah. We've tapped into it, friends. The church is growing. We've come up together. And they asked Jesus, what do you do about people that are not living right and then those that are living right? Do you pluck up the weeds? He said, let them grow together. Let them grow up together. They come to the same church. They come to the same camps. We come to the same school. We come to the same Sunday school. Say, what are you supposed to do? Go to tearing up things? No, let them grow together. We're here for the seed of God. You keep living your life for others. Pour out your life for the body of Christ. Keep tapping into things that are eternal. I pray this year be a great year for all of you, that you would tap into the token life that is very positive. Never negative, always positive. You say, I'm going deeper down there. Friends, we could spend a lot of time to talk about how bad the world is. Is that true? Even tonight, we live in a very demon-filled age. The little group in Renton is looking for a new uh, little church building for themselves. And Brother Daniel, just down the road from the present building, is another little church. And we went up to the building and looked in the window, and right outside of the main door... Brother Tom, Brother Tim is a big ashtray. The concrete one, and it's just an ashtray right there in front of the main door and cigarette butts all in there. It was a Sunday night. I thought, God help us. They're not just hiding their sin. It's right out in the public. Song leaders, preachers, elders. I thank God that we don't preach just a reformation, but we preach a transformation gospel. It's not learning to put up with things. It's learning how to be delivered. Let's not compromise with the devil. Hallelujah. Let's not compromise with the devil. Let's tap into resources that are all around us. It's thus saith the Lord, the bride is marching on. Hallelujah. We've had a lot of things, but you can grow through that. He said the power of the Holy Ghost is coming, killing out sin, making new creatures in Christ, bringing forth signs and wonders and miracles. Hallelujah, that's old-fashioned gospel, but we need that. Our last scripture is Joshua chapter 2. Let's go there before we close, and I just want to confirm this in your heart. These untapped resources, what God's allowed us to tap into by His grace, and that the Holy Spirit would open our eyes to more resources that He's deposited in His body right around us. I want to go back to Joshua chapter 2 because I want to bring these two spies back into your picture tonight to show you that it's a type of the bride and how that God wants to back up your word. Moses has already been vindicated. Joshua was already vindicated. But we're going to see here in Joshua 2, and our opening scripture was Joshua chapter 6, that God vindicated two young men. He vindicated their words. 
Let's look at it here. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Again, I want to say Rahab was untapped resources. Salmon didn't even know he's a general in the army that his wife was just ahead. Within a few weeks, he's going to meet his future wife. You can smile. It's okay. I mean, God has great reservoirs for some. Salmon, he was a general in the army. And Rahab's a harlot in a city. Most would have just rode her off. But God sent in two spies that were anointed and commissioned under a message. And we'll skip down to verse 8 to save some time. We know that they came into the city, but verse 1 was the only scripture we have of their commission. Go and view the land, and they went. So in verse 8, we find that before they were laid down, because remember, the, the people of the city came to Rahab's house, and she said to go on out, and that they had left. So she still was telling things that maybe you'd say weren't true, etc. But verse 8, before they were laid down, she came up unto them. These are the two spies, unto the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Melissa, even in Rahab's unconverted state, she believed the word. Amen. She wasn't even baptized. Never even knew Joshua face to face. She just heard a message. And already coming out of her mouth was, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Hallelujah. And the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did under the two kings of the Amorites. What's she doing? She's including two men with the message. What happened to you all? She's talking to two men. She's giving her testimony. What we heard, what happened in the message, happened in Egypt, happened to these. No, you can read here. Uh, the two kings, what happened to the two kings of the Amorites, which are on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. Verse 11, and as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Would you agree they came to the right house? Hallelujah. Verse 12, I want you to notice this. And now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness. Now, remember, Hebrews 11 referred right back to this scripture because of Rahab and her kindness. So there's something about how you treat the bride how your revelation of one another comes out in your attitude. I have showed you kindness that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house 
and give me a true token. Not Moses, not Joshua, two young men. She's looking at them as representatives of the message and saying, I've been through a lot of discouraging in my life, and a lot of men have walked out the door on me. I need something that's real. And I believe it's in you to give me what I long for. I want something that's true. I think this is incredible. And that ye will save alive my father, my mother, and my brethren, and my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered, I want, notice verse 14. And the men answered her, our life for yours, if ye utter not our, this our business. And it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land. See, they were under the anointing of the word. Not maybe, not hope so. We're going to take this land. And that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Not Moses, not Joshua. These two men was giving her a promise. God was getting ready to back up their word. I'm trying to get some of you to realize God's put the same commission within your life. Not just Brother Branham, not just the preacher. You have the authority under this message to ask anything in his name. You have been given the commission by God, the charge from the Holy Spirit to ask anything. Amen. It's not Brooker 1-9, Brooker 1-9, Joshua, can we have permission to tell this woman over here? We don't know much about her, but she believes. Do we have, to, do we have permission? Breaker 1-9 and take her back. That's not what happened. They were under authority already. Friends, you're under authority. Moses, my servant, is dead. Joshua is waiting for the report. Here's two young men that have the authority of thus saith the Lord. Some of you already know the future, what happened. When all the walls came crashing down, her walls were standing. So there must have been power in their words. I said, Brother John, that's a miracle. Absolutely it's a miracle. So it is a miracle in your life. And my life, we need to close on this. Verse 14 is very important scripture to highlight. Verse 15, then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days. See, she was untapped resources. She's talking back to them, giving them words of counsel. She had part of the body. There was a gift already in her. She's unconverted, probably not even baptized. You would say she hasn't received the Holy Ghost, but she's already, the gift is operating. What about people that have been baptized, given their heart to the Lord, walking under the light of this word? All heaven is behind you. And the men said unto her, we will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Verse 18, behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou, very important verse, thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. Sounds like a token message. Sister Juniper, this is the token message. Your father, your mother, get everyone in your house. Verse 19, and it shall be, these are two young men. 
And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head. And we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on. Hello, somebody. What are they taking? They're taking personal authority. I've received a message. God's given us a word. Hallelujah. Let's go a little deeper tonight, friends. Moses was vindicated. Joshua was vindicated. God was wanting to let these two young men know, I'm vindicating your words. Whatever you say to her, I'm going to back it up. So when the walls came crashing down, Rahab standing in a house with her father, her mother, and all that was there. I say, praise be to God. There were untapped resources in a harlot's life that the future was being influenced because of two young men that was faithful to the commission. Praise be to God. His blood shall be on our head if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. Verse 21. And she said, according unto your words, so be it. That sounds like Mary. That sounds like a predestinated seed. That sounds like you and me when we heard the word. <laughs> Hello, Brother George. <laughs> Untapped resources. What Brother George has just done with his family, our family did 30 years ago. What Brother Derek Paris did with his family, God's blessed his life. We could look around the room and speak about different ones of you. It's because of God's grace. His mercy has followed you, young men, young ladies. We're captive. We're predestinated. We're prisoners. You're the queen of heaven. Some of you look a little sad to hear that as we close, but may I invite you to this deep revelation. You have all eternity to rejoice and be happy. There'll be no sorrow over there. You'll have a new body. There won't be school tomorrow, and there won't be bills in the mailbox. Hallelujah. No cell phones, no gas, no payments, no eyeglasses. Hallelujah. No false teeth, no missing limbs, no, no metal and, and limbs. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, no, that's just, you know, there won't be none of that there. We made it. Amen, Brother Timothy. We spoke that in, on the Saturday night in Malawi, the first five minutes in heaven. The first five minutes, you realized you made it to heaven. Can you imagine what's going to go through your heart? I made it. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 22. Verse 21, and she said, according unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away and they departed and she bound the scarlet line in the window. And they went and came into the mountain and abode there three days till the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended down the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. And they said unto Joshua, truly, the Lord hath delivered unto our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Do you know why God could trust these two young men? 
because he couldn't trust 12 a few years earlier. And 10 of those princes couldn't be faithful. So he said, let's just bring it down to two that have a real revelation. Because I know I can put it in one verse. They're going to come back and give a good report. This doesn't take long, 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 long. It just give one verse. The land trembleth, we're more than able, and Rahab's waiting for us. Wink, wink, Salmon, it's all there for you. And you chuckle, but it's untapped resources. And look in chapter 3. Joshua rose early in the morning. He had confidence in these two young men. I take them at their word. I trust them. In fact, I was waiting on this, brothers. By the way, God had already showed me a vision a few days before. I just wanted you to go in and know yourself. And in a few days go by and walls come tumbling down. And these two brothers are standing there with Rahab and all her family and saying, Isn't our God great? Moses was the prophet. Joshua was the leader. But now God's vindicating your words. What confidence that gave him. And right before our musicians come, I want to encourage you tonight. That's the way we ought to be in the house of faith. Giving courage to one another. Take up the sword. You can do this, sister. Brother, you can do this. It's not always hoarding. I can do it better. I've been down that road before. No, no, no. It's giving courage. Strengthening the body. You might have been down that way before. But we need to give them their opportunity. Because there's battles ahead. We need one another. We need more song leaders. We need ministry. We need brothers and sisters and young people that know how to use the sword. And fly those airplanes. Say, but they're only 18 years old. No, give them that $2 billion airplane and go, brother. Go for it. Oh, you say, brother, no, no, the wealth and all of this we've saved. No, no, give them the $2 billion airplane and let them go. We've trained them long enough. Let them fly. And we'll sit right here and say amen to them. And we'll mention your name in church, Sister Ashley. You say, oh, it's only been a year, Brother Tom. It's only been a year. Well, praise be to God. I think there's some Rahabs that are walking out of Jericho and Salmon's looking at that saying, wow, sissy, gorgeous. And God saw grandchildren and a whole family and he saw a whole future and he saw Joshua passing away and he saw a whole new generation rising up in the message that was going to carry the torch. Hallelujah. Stand to our feet tonight. Praise God. I trust you're encouraged tonight. Some of these untapped resources are being tapped into. You are more than able to possess it. Brush off your armor tonight and put that helmet back on. Go back to school tomorrow. Go back to your job. Go back to your family. And it might be broken. It might be troubled. But you have the promises of God that the family of God cannot be broken. I think I have that on the next slide. The family of God cannot be broken. The body of Christ is his victory, and we will not accept defeat at the hands of any demon spirit, any hounds of hell, any fallen angel, or any unbelief. We're not going to cower down to it. 
No matter what Satan, the devil, Lucifer tries to do harm, divide us, separate us. Can I have your attention? Tries to break us, tries to crush us, tries to annihilate us, tries to deform us. At the end of it all, God wins. Hallelujah. And I'm on the Lord's side. You're on the Lord's side. God's called us to be victorious. We stand under thus saith the Lord. The same God that was with Moses stood with Joshua. Same God that's with Joshua is with the bride of Christ. God wants to vindicate your words. Stand back and see the glory of God. Hallelujah as we bow our heads. Hallelujah. Pray that God would strengthen us tonight, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we lift up our hands tonight and thank you. Maybe specifically, Lord, we'd like to ask you to move out into this situation. Move out into that heart or that young lady or that young man or that husband or wife. Maybe it's an auntie or an uncle or some spouse or some relative. I pray the Holy Spirit would go after them tonight, Lord, and cause a sweetening of their spirit and a heart that would respond to the word of God. For the family of God will not be broken. Tonight we just want to pause and say, thank you, Lord, for the predestinated seed you put down within our souls. Is there anyone here that would like to thank the Lord with me? For the seed of God that was laying in that cursed city and God said I don't call you church I call you bride come out of there be separate saith the Lord and many of you've walked out and you've stood over the years God bless you for your testimonies God bless you for your sacrifice God bless you for your diligence We bow our heads tonight and our hands are praising God and thanking Him. I'm looking out and seeing some young people here without their parents. I'm seeing wives here without their husbands. I'm seeing husbands here without their wives. And seeing some that lost real close friends. Some have lost little children. Some have had to stand alone. Some of you have been cursed and swore at. But tonight the Holy Spirit has strengthened your faith. There are resources within your life that's been tapped into. And I pray the Holy Spirit would inspire you tonight as his son and as his daughter to know that there are others that have gone down that same road, that have sacrificed much, that have given much. And it's worth it all. We don't regret it at all, Mr. Gertzen. We don't remember it all. We don't regret it at all as he stands there with his little daughter in his arms. Brother Ben Dingwall that gave months and years of his life. And now his own son is able to join the little school. Our brother Kim Dingwall to know that 30 years later, because of his efforts and his wife and family, Brother John could be standing here tonight. I wonder how many of you would just think back over your life and thank the Lord for what he's done in your life. What he's done in your testimony that it could have went one way or the other. 
and you chose Christ. God bless you tonight. God bless you, brothers and sisters. May God encourage you and strengthen you as you go home to know that you are not alone, even in the balcony, even in the nursery, even out over the internet. God bless you. We are family. And on that great day when the family's unbroken and we look around and see one another, it is going to be worth it all. There's going to be some shrills and crying out of, thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for in those moments of despair or ruin, your presence came by my way and showed me the value in my life. I thank you, Jesus, for that, Brother Ernie. I thank you, Lord, for what the Lord's done. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight in our assembly has just gathered around your presence for another Wednesday night, giving you glory, giving you praises, that there's been resources that have been tapped into over the years, that our pastor, that these ministers, that laborers among us and elders can look back over the years and know that their labor has not been in vain. It's not been in vain. But as these two spies gave the testimony, we are more than able to take the land. Let us go up at once. They gave a good report, and because of that, victory followed. Heavenly Father, may there be victory in our assembly, in our families, in marriages, in situations where it seemed like it was going in another direction, but the Holy Spirit turned it around. I pray tonight you would set our wings to the wings of faith. And may, as our brother Mark Ajo wrote that song, may we tonight take courage again to know that the battle is the Lord's. And we are in the Lord's army. And we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to take the hand and shake somebody's hand and say, God bless you, brother. God bless you, sister. Brother Benjamin, I'm going to sing that song, Set Your Wings. Shake their neck. Maybe hug them a little bit. Hallelujah. Let's sing the choruses before we go. Let's sing them. Hallelujah. Set your wings to the winds of